the, 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 the very stuff of us. Because if we can unite around who we are and agree deeply in who we are, then we will impact the lives of the community and the city and the world around us. So uh, we're looking at our core values. And uh, actually, they're, they're printed out on the bottom of the, of the notice sheet there, just as a reminder. They're basically A, B, C. Uh, we, we value adoration. And we looked at this last, last month. Uh, we express our love to God who first loved us. We value belonging. And uh, this month, I want to, with Will, I want to unpack what we uh, understand by that. Belonging to God, belonging to one another. And next month, we'll look at C, compassion, loving others as Jesus loves. And those, those, that's the ABC of who we are, our adoration of God, our belonging to one another, our compassion for the world around about. We, we think that in some way that describes who we are. It also sets up a sort of aspiration. This is what we hope to become, even more adoring, even more a sense of, of belonging uh, and unity and cohesion, even more compassionate to the, a needy world around about us. So our core values. And today, belonging, growing together as a family. The value of belonging. I want to just look two headings briefly this morning. Belonging to God, belonging to one another. Belonging to God and belonging to one another. Uh, look with me, if you will. If you, uh, page 1152, I'm going to root what I want to say in, I think, the values that Peter had for these uh, dispersed Christians round about, we're not exactly sure, but round about AD 60, 65, um, under Nero, we think, who was uh, persecuting Christians like there was no tomorrow. They, of course, received that because they understood there was eternity. But uh, these Christians scattered around about, and Peter writes to encourage them, if you like, with these exhortations and these values. Look at this exhortation, verse 9. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, Peter says, a holy nation. In other versions, it says, a people belonging to God, God's special possession, or a people belonging to God. That describes the church. Men and women who know and love God the Father through Jesus Christ, his Son, are a people chosen, called, picked out to be God's special possession, to be a people belonging to him. I can tell you're excited. <laughs> how on earth can I, can you, can we, how can we have that? arrogance to assume such a title, such a core belief, that we belong to God, we're his special possession. Let me think about a special possession that you have, something that you devote time and energy, you've, you've, you've spent money perhaps to procure, that you uh, look after, you maybe ensure, you value. Can we really be said to have the same kind of import to God? Are we really his treasured special possession? How on earth can we presume to make such a claim? I want to suggest it's because of that word chosen. Verse 9, you are a chosen people. 
You are a chosen people. Just imagine that Her Majesty the Queen, we were praying for her today, it's wonderful, Jubilee year, Her Majesty the Queen had chosen to visit St. Diana's Church, 10.30 service. What would that do to us as we heard this announcement, some courtier sort of hot-footed it down from the palace, and sort of unscrolled this thing and said, you have been decreed, you will, Her Majesty is going to visit St. Diana's on such and such a date. Would we not in some way just have a little look around at the building and at ourselves and the way in which we are and go, I, I wonder whether we could just do a little bit more sprucing up. There's one or two, one or two cobwebs around. Maybe we could get the screen just to fit the words on the screen. Just ensure that just, 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 uh, just to make sure the coffee is, you know, it's good. And I wonder whether will we use our usual cups. Maybe we'll get some nice bone china in. We'll, we'll pay attention to the fact that the monarch, Her Majesty the Queen, is visiting us. And then, uh, you know, lick a paint. Poor Queen. It's said, isn't it, that uh, she thinks that everywhere smells of fresh paint. Uh, because everyone's doing this kind of preparation. And uh, the visit, we'll enjoy it, your majesty, and all of that. And then off she goes, back to Buckingham Palace, and we'll all sigh a collective sigh of relief. Phew. And we'll, we'll, we'll get back to, to normal. We'll sort of raise our game for a service, and then back again, in, in all likelihood. And uh, we'll have a story to tell the grandparents. But what if the queen it was decreed, wasn't going to come and visit us, but the queen was going to become a member of us. She was actually going to be with us every Sunday. And she was actually going, because it was sort of convenient, really, she was going to come and live with us. And just take it in turns to live around our, in our house. What, what, what then? The queen doesn't just visit us, but lives with us. Well, then we, we'd need some kind of discussion, wouldn't we, with, with the queen? I'm sure there'd be a mediator or two. But, uh, you know, if, if she was to come and live in the Stillwell household, we'd say, first of all, bring a few blankets, a bit chilly, <laughs> you'll need them. And, uh, you know, we've got one or two rules that we live by. So, you know, um, when you come in, don't just dump your coat on the floor and your bag and your you know, hang it up. There are pegs here, your majesty. So, uh, coat and you know, tiara, whatever it might be, just that's how we roll in the Stillwell household. So, we, we can't, there'd be an expectation that if uh, a visit, sure, you, you know, we'll, we'll deference to you. But if you're going to live with us, then, you know, we need to come to some kind of working, living agreement or arrangement. Yeah? You're still struggling with the idea of the queen living in the coming here. But you get where I'm going with the, with the analogy. But here, here's where Peter takes actually one further. Yes, it's true that Jesus came to us. Yes, it's true that Jesus lived amongst us. But actually, the church is, look at verse 4, as you come to him. As you come to him. Here's the thing. What if the queen came and visited us, maybe lived with us for a bit, with a view to inviting us to live with her? To live in Buckingham Palace. Now that, that's a step up altogether. We have, if you like, the right here and in our homes to say, well, you might say, if you want to come into our lives, if you want to come into our home, then um, you know, there are one or two things we need to talk about how that will actually work. But this is an invitation from Her Majesty to live with her, to live on her terms. Wow. I'll need to get my head around that. I was reading that uh, 
the princess, no, the, sorry, what's she, Duchess of Cambridge, Catherine, uh, uh, married to Prince William, that one of the reasons why the courtship was, um, took quite some time, one or two people sort of wondering, what, you know, William, <laughs> what are you not seeing here? No, I think he saw it quite early on. This, this is the woman I want to marry. But actually what took the time was as much on, for the, for the, on the benefit, for the benefit of Catherine to get her head around the fact that she was coming into the royal family and all the implications of that decision. As you come to him, I mean, that's, that's quite a thing for Catherine to prepare herself for a life of service within the royal family. Took maybe years to, as it were, sort of school and groom her into that role. How much more God? How much more God? As you come to him. How on earth can we possibly belong to God when it's such a step up for us? We know who we are and how we're formed. We, we know what we're like in private. We know what we're like when no one's looking. For us to be God's treasured possession, a people belonging to him, a people of worth and value, how can we possibly say that, live that with any kind of integrity? As you come to him, Peter says, the living stone, the living stone, the living stone? What's Peter been smoking? Stone. Cold, inanimate, lifeless. These stones here. We have to pump up a, build, a heating system to get warmth in this place because these things don't give warmth. It's leak it out. Stones are dead. Peter says, as you come to him, referring to Jesus, the earth. Living stone. A reference, can you, can you hear the sort of overtures here? A reference to Jesus' death, burial, stone dead, we might have said. Lying in a stone grave, carved out of the hillside. But on the third day, by God's miraculous power and intervention, the resurrection, brand new life. Jesus, the living stone. In other words, transformed. Transformed. Stones don't live unless they have some kind of miraculous encounter. Jesus, dead, buried. We affirm that by our Christian creed. And yet on the third day, he rose again. God imbued, dead body, brand new life. Jesus, Peter says, the living stone. And we come to the living stone. And as we do, verse 5, you also like living stones. It is an invitation to recognize that we too were once dead, cold, inanimate, just like a stone, a brick, useless. But as we come to him who lives, so we live. And his life in us, enables us, if you like, to step up, enables us to receive that royal invitation, that eternal invitation to live with him forever, such that because of his life in us, not anything that I've done, 
not anything that we've achieved, but because of his life in us, we are able to call ourselves a chosen people, a treasured possession. I commend to you as part of that process of transformation, uh, Will's excellent talk last week. It's on the website. You can download it. And uh, there's a study guide that goes with it. And so are our values. Belonging, growing together as a family. As members of St. Dionysus, we are all part of God's family and actively encourage, support, and challenge each other to allow the life of God to live in us so that we, a ramshackle collection of stones, bricks, might be formed and fashioned together into a thing of beauty, a building, if you will, that radiates God's love, God's grace and generosity, God's presence, God's power. It's a process. Look at uh, verse 5. Verse 4 and 5, let's get the run up. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by human beings, following Jesus will involve some rejection. If you don't feel that people in some way or some shape or form are rejecting something of you, then I wonder whether there's enough of the life of Christ in you in the first place. Rejected by human beings, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. As you come to him, the living stone, as you come to him as living stones, you are being built. It's a process. And that's why we value belonging. Because we recognize that none of us are the finished article. But each of us are part of a process of God transforming us by his life in us. And so we recognize that in ourselves, and we look and recognize it in one another. And that's how we belong to one another. People belonging to God who belong to one another. I recognize the grace and the generosity that I've received from God, because I was a dead stone. I was a lowly sinner. And yet, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, and now I am found was blind, but now I see. And as I recognize that and receive that, in, that truth deep in my spirit, I recognize it and see it in yours as well. And that draws me to you and you to me. And as I belong to God, I belong to you and you belong to me. The power of inner transformation. Uh, home team, you'll know that we are engaged in a, a project called Living Space. We're looking to refurbish the building here. Visitors, um, we love the fact that we've been given this space to worship in. It's uh, 125 years old, and I think it looks like it. It needs renewing <laughs> and refreshing and refurbishing for uh, just effective ministry and mission in the 21st century. And uh, so our title is Living Space. It, it, it's really inspired by this passage here. That the bricks and mortar here, rather than being dead and inanimate, would in some way live. 
And we've been meeting, a few of us uh, on, the, on the kind of committee that are organizing that, we're at the stage where we've been meeting with some architects, and it has been tremendously exciting. We haven't yet made the appointment, we're in the sort of tendering process. Uh, and we've seen some diagrams and drawings that each of these architects have made. And as they've rolled out their plan, they said, well, we've, we've got a sense of who you are, and we've been thinking and looking at the building as it currently is, and what it might look like as we refurb it. And they roll out these plans. And it, it, I could just something deep inside me goes, yes, yes. It's only a little while later it goes, and how much will that cost? <laughs> we'll leave that to one side. Just for a moment, put that to one side. Let's get excited. I'm getting excited about bricks and stone. But just as we re-look at them, we re-imagine them, we re-enliven them, they begin to live. And I'm starting to tell stories, imagine stories in my head of what we could do if the building looked like this, or we reshaped that, or we redid this, or we knocked that through, or we built that up. Wow. It made me realize, actually, just as a little example, you, I, I do my best on the front and say, you know what, There's a, we've got a fantastic creche. It is a fantastic creche. There are an amazing toys and an incredible helper behind that dark, imposing door. I say, welcome to the creche. Shut! Our building screams negativity. And, and the architect's just saying, what if you opened it up? What if you sort of glassed that bit and uh, then you could see it? But it's, it's safe. Julia's nice. She's not dribbling and sort of man-eating. She likes children. Your, your kids would be happy there, but I, I don't blame you. How on earth would you know that? And these architects are saying, this building, these bricks and stones can live, can communicate, can connect. Oh. Now, if for bricks and stone, how much more us, flesh and blood and will and intellect and emotions and spirit, how much more if we belong to God and as we belong to one another, can we live and transform worldviews and mindsets? How much more could we, by the power of God and the grace of God, liberate lives as we engage with them, communicate with them, and encounter with them? How much more? That's why we're in this season of paying attention to our values. That's why this month... I. I want to encourage us to pay attention to how we belong to one another, what we mean to one another. That's why, and this isn't as a kind of to the home team, but that's why actually if we, how encouraging would it be for Jamie, who is, he gets his band together, he rehearses them, the musicians, all that, if at 10.15 this place was half full already. How encouraging would it be to the preacher if he felt that every person had read the passage ahead of getting here so that it was already like soil that was tilled for the seed of God's life to go in? How about if uh, when people opened up their homes for house groups, people came uh, and, and offered to help around or, or just let them know ahead of time if they weren't turning up? So you've just got an idea of how to prepare and plan just to think ahead. If we thought for one another. Now, I, I know this can get into a little nitpicky sort of headmaster type stuff, but it's because I belong to you and you belong to me that we value and cherish one another because we've got the vision of what God could do amongst us as we are being built into the spiritual home that gives praise and glory to him. Belonging to one another is a call to pay attention to yourself for the sake 
of one another. Jim Rohn is a, a, a kind of consultant and, um, you know, ins inspirational speaker from across the pond. Um, but take nothing away from that. Listen to what he says. I used to say, if you will take care of me, I will take care of you. But now I say, I will take care of me for you. If you will take care of you for me. Jim Rohn gets that we don't hope for a little bit of altruism thinly plastered over individualistic, self-centered, self-seeking sort of pursuits. Jim Rohn understands that right at the center, I am because you are. I am defined within the context of relationship. Ultimately, my relationship with the God who made me. And, and, and the overspill of that defining relationship is, is these horizontal, if you like, these horizontal relationships. I am because you are. I am a person in relation. I'm a relational being. I used to say that if you will take care of me, I will take care of you. Now I say, I will take care of me for you if you will take care of you for me. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I exhort you to take care of yourself, your relationship with God, adoration, and your relationship one with another, taking care of yourself for the other so that we might be a transformed community that transforms the community in which we live. Peter says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Belonging, growing as God's family together at Parsons Green. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. We are, my favorite phrase, coming into land. I'm going to invite the band just to come back. Uh, we're going to have a song of worship by way of sort of sung response. Uh, and also invite another response, which is to take up an offering. If you're a visitor here, please don't feel obliged to give. Uh, we've loved having you with us. We love just opening up our place for visitors and friends. So please don't feel obliged. This is really for home team and members as an act of worship. However, if you would like to make a donation uh, as part of your own worship and offering, then uh, do make use of the envelopes down the side of the pews. They help to make all gifts that we give financially tax efficient. Uh, we'll take up the offering as we sing this song of worship together. <laughs>